welcome back to another episode of A Dad and His PC. Thank you, everybody, for joining, and be sure to like and subscribe, leave reviews wherever you can. Uh, make sure to follow our socials, which you'll find in the description of the uh, for the podcast, and follow, like, do those things as well, maybe. I don't know. Might help a little. Um, last week's show, we started off with uh, kind of what's going on in the world as far as news stories were going. Um, the, the role tabletop digital platform was released the marketplace for that be able to play your D games online with friends uh ea games now has the ea app as opposed to having to worry about origin which is awesome um and just basically from its use last couple days it's way better and that's that's a huge upgrade wasn't the biggest hill to get over but hey you know steps are steps and uh last but not least uh, we talked about the uh pit of death at twitchcon and um, as far as the second half of the show went, we talked about, or I talked about, oh, I want to keep saying we, it's so weird, um, the Warhammer 3 Immortal Empires beta, and I kind of had finally gotten enough hours into it that I was able to uh, provide kind of the insight and feel that I'm having for the game so far as a semi-regular Total War player, and so if that sounds like something you'd like to catch up on and you missed last week, you'll find it wherever you found this episode, so that's piquing your interest, go ahead and jump on to it. Now this week, uh, some fun news topics and updates from things I've covered in previous shows. So the retail price on the 30 series is looks like that's going to be here to stay. Um, Overwatch 2 has been a roller coaster so far with release, and so kind of want to go over the positive and negatives that have you know, both I've experienced and that has been seen around from other players. And of course, No Man's Sky has finally fumbled an update. Uh, on the back end of the show, I'm going to talk about Fallout 4 and uh, kind of how I'm I'm still shocked it's as popular as it is, and I'll kind of go over why I'm so surprised, even, even if you're listening to this and you think I shouldn't be surprised, I'll kind of go over all that as well. And I want to talk about one of my favorite games of all time, so why not? Uh, so with any, without any further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so if I sound a little rushed or if I sound a little tired, I'm recording this a little later than usual because it's report card week and I'm kind of exhausted from staring at my screen and grading all of these last minute submissions from students. Many of us need to go apologize to all of our former high school teachers as quickly as possible. But with that being said, let's get to the news. All right. So uh, first things first, the 3090 Ti has seen huge price drops already with the 40 series coming out. So um, what started in September, uh, to the shock of many of us that were looking for new video cards or kind of shopping and seeing what might be happening, the uh, RTX 3090 Ti has maintained the 50% price cut, okay, now that, especially now that the RTX 4090 has been released. Uh, as of right now, you can get the top-end 30 series card for around $900 at the majority of retailers. That's huge, right? Uh, for those of us wanting to make an upgrade and trying to figure out whether we should pursue the new 40 series or try and find uh, a 3090 Ti, we now have basically a choice to make. You have a legitimate financial decision at hand. Uh, the main difference so far in performance is that the 4090 is easily the more efficient and quality card. It can play games at frame rates the 3090 Ti couldn't match on its best, most overclocked, most amazing steroid-induced day. However, that doesn't mean the 3090 Ti should be ignored. The 3090 Ti can give you 4K gaming if that's what you want. 
many of us don't. Um, but it could also give you su supremely huge frame rate and performance at 1080p, which <clears throat> for the grand majority of us, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're playing at anyway, right? Um, at $900 at 3090 Ti with a good, but maybe not even elite processor, uh, like mine. So I've got a decent, not a perk, not a great one, but it's a decent process. Ryzen 7 series, it's 3700X. You can get 186 FPS on ultra graphics for Call of Duty Warzone with a 3090. Uh, you can get 222 FPS on Apex at top settings. You can get uh, Cyberpunk, which is, uh, as we know, a super heavy performance game, especially as it's been more optimized for the 4090 cards. You can get about 100, 100 FPS at ultra level. And even a game like Fallout 76 at ultra can get 237 frames per second with a 3090 Ti. Okay. Now, obviously, the 40 series can give you more, and the 40 series can give you more performance at 4K as opposed to 1080p. But, um, you know, that's a ton of performance for 90% of the people who play video games on PCs, like that stuff that the 3090 can give you. You know, the 4090 will provide more frames and better resolution, all that, all the better stuff at 4K, but the rest of the machine needs to match it. You know, the if you've got a lower end machine, which you've got this high end card, you might not even be able to really take advantage of its full power. Whereas for someone like me, who's, you know, the, his, my Ryzen seven series is kind of right in line with, with the 3090 when it was coming out and it would allow me maybe even more average players to get that huge frame rate increase, even with the processor. So, uh, you know, I'm glad I don't have to break the bank now to upgrade my card. Um, I've been looking at a 3090 forever. And so knowing that this price drop is for good because the 40 series is out is pretty awesome. Um, also overwatch two has launched to some awesome fanfare and some frustrating loser game show sounds as well. The highs are obvious. The player count has skyrocketed, um, at the point of recording, it was an uh, up or upwards or around 25 million, which is both insane and higher than Overwatch's peak numbers, which is an absolute crazy thing to type and talk about. Um, as I was writing the rundown, given the initial popularity of Overwatch 1, think about that. In 10 days, 25 million players. That's insane. That's bonkers. Uh, but it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for blizzards, right? There have been some bugs and things that I've experienced and things that have frustrated uh, major competitive players as well. But as you know, Blizzard has said, they're working very hard to get rid of these issues. Uh, competitive players hate the new ranking system. Um, I've not enjoyed the ranking system, which uh, they have claimed on, on Reddit and Twitter is essentially designed to make them stay playing longer, right? Um, they're trying to gin up their concurrent player numbers. So seven wins or 20 losses affect the ranking systems. And, that can take a large amount of time to achieve. Like um, a, a move which does seem intentional, really, if you really think about it, to maintain concurrent player counts. Uh, the developers published on their blog that there was a bug and it's since been corrected. So we'll see if that holds true. And basically it kind of kept players uh, in a static rank even as they were winning games and, and and should be ranked up. It was There was a bug keeping them at a static level and that was then trickling over to other rankings. And so it, it uh, affected things even further. Uh, the, allegedly the bug is going to be fixed and or should be fixed already. We'll see if that continues because I was still seeing players online and on Twitter posting videos of them being stuck at, I think, bronze rank five. So we'll see if that changes. Um, 
cheating and disconnects are happening, which shouldn't be a shock when, when there are so many new things, um, a new game comes out and there are so many things going on. Um, cheaters are going to cheat and they're always going to be ahead of the anti-cheats. Uh, I'm not too worried about this in the long run. Blizzard doesn't really have a great anti-cheat. In fact, I'm, I mean, it's basically crap, but uh, they're not going to waste time with warnings, which it's a perma-ban right away if anybody caught cheating. And because it's not, a, and while that might not be a perfect system, given that Overwatch so makes it so readily easy to record sessions and clip the proof that you need for these, um, for these cheaters to show that they are cheating and get it analyzed, and you can just immediately upload it. Um, you know, it's not a foolproof system, but it is something that with a perma ban immediately, no warnings, no, none of that. That's good. Um, another issue is one that, uh, has affected me, which is that the game doesn't recognize the difference between a rage quit and accidental or incidental disconnect. Um, which I thought was funny when it happened to me. Uh, one of the things that's been rough with overwatch is a bug that has caused players to unintentionally disconnect from the game. The problem is that, which is normal, again, that for an online game like this, that's normal. Um, however, the programming, though, reads that as an intentional one and thinks that you're being a griefer or a bad sport. Um, and so it doesn't realize that, that you just uh, were accidentally booted out by the game itself. If you have enough of these happen on your record and you get the, you basically get a set time ban. You get the usual stuff that happens like in, in CSGO and other places where you intentionally disconnect. They ban you for a couple hours. You can't play, um, which is I always thought that was funny because there are times where you'll be playing the game and something will happen. There'll be some kind of critical CPU error and, and your game crashes and, and you get kicked out. Well, even if you have a crash, it thinks you disconnect. It thinks you rage quit, which was hilarious. But uh, as you can uh, understand, that is incredibly frustrating for players, especially in a game that that can happen more often than people think. So uh, Blizzard knows this is occurring, plans to fix it, and should they, they allege that it's an easy fix, and it'll be done soon. So there's that, right? Now, last uh, when I talked about how, uh, last week when I talked about basically Blizzard was aware of their quality support players and what they, what they didn't mean was that um, everyone should play as Moira, Lucio, and try to become the best DPS players on the roster. Um, this game is full of people who want to play DPS, right? Everybody plays shooters like this to be DPS. You want to be the person that deals the damage, gets the kills, and, and does all that. Worries about your KD. Um, but there's also a lot of people that want to play DPS and are terrible at it. And I'll admit, I'm not a good DPS player. Uh, I'm much more suited for a support role as Lucio, Mercy, or playing tank. I honestly prefer to play tank at all times, push the line forward how, um, however I need to uh, with... However, but with one fewer player per team in Overwatch 2, if you have a DPS-centric support player, your team becomes lopsided. You end up needing a new tank just to absorb damage or another support player or another support who supports the support, further limiting team cohesion. Um, players also continue to try to win 4v1s and then blame support players, which, you know, that's always been common, but this game is so much faster than the previous one that everyone thinks they're awesome and are quickly humbled and have, and stay in denial and blame support players. Uh, these issues for playstyle seem to be more in competitive than quick play, especially in my experience, um, trying to play ranked versus quick play in ranked. This is where it gets really ugly and you see the lopsided teams as people refuse to stay cohesive, even though you're playing in ranked and versus where quick play, where everybody's just playing and having fun. Um, quick play has been my least toxic experience so far. Um, also, all in all, though, 
when you really think about it, these are minor quibbles and they are expected with a new release of this game, right? Um, there in a game like this, there's always going to be players that, that look to find fun ways and, and unique ways to play certain types. Um, but their blizzard is only way they can do this is to nerf their support players, but our support roles or the characters themselves. But the problem is they're struggling with, with support characters to begin with. And so if you nerf them or heavily make them to where you force people to support, nobody likes really being the healer. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it in this game. Um, I enjoy being the tank in this game, but nobody really wants to be the person that sits backline and heals or buffs or debuffs. They want to be in the in the thick of it, and they want to kill people, and they want to have a high KD. They want to do all this stuff. They don't want to focus on teamwork play. But uh, and and so you know, there's nothing they can do about this until they start giving. Maybe they create a character that is a DPS centric uh, support character. So. Um, until then, really, I mean, it's this is this is old hat. This was the same problem we had with Overwatch One. It, it's no shock that with the new game and the new system and the retooled players, it's still here with Overwatch Two. But um, again, all in all, though, it you know if this is the peak of their issues right now with Overwatch Two, Blizzard is going to be fine with this shooter in a, in a few months. That nobody will even remember some of these things. It'll just go back to everyone thinking they're the greatest Overwatch player of all time, and. Uh, Instead, we can um, just relax and enjoy the game. All right. So, uh, No Man's Sky, um, one of my favorites, has finally fumbled an update. Believe it or not, they finally messed up. They were good, 12 for 12 or 21 for 21. Looks like the newest one is uh, the first fumble, right? With Waypoint, uh, the newest update, the devs messed around with something that really hasn't fundamentally changed in years and didn't realize just how long time players were going to freak out. Uh, the inventory system and the upgrade system were radically changed. In, in reality, it was mostly just, it was streamlined. The inventory was limited and the ability to upgrade your suit was altered heavily. So it took away significant number of uh, upgrade areas. So like places where you could put certain technologies to enhance your abilities. The problem with that isn't that it happened. It's that the entire game is about grinding materials, right? You're looking to find unique things and then upgrading all of those things, which can take days, hours, you know, however long, weeks to find all of the stuff necessary to build this stuff out. Players were furious because some of them had put 20 hours of resource work for, into some upgrades and now they can't slot them into their suits. You could have had a build and a stack in mind and now it's for nothing. And you've, you've put weeks into this game for nothing. This brings more balance, of course. It makes your choices more important, more RPG-centric, and requires you to think things out and instead of what we're, players were normally doing, which was maxing out every slot possible and getting insane perks and creating essentially a, a space god. Um, but the thing was is that it caught a lot of players off guard that they were essentially being what is essentially level-capped, right? If you're playing an RPG, these guys are being level-capped. Uh, Hello Games may change it back and has it in an experimental update, kind of, you know, the way it was before, but who knows if it'll stay. You know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and I'm, I'm glad that instead of trying to max out everything or max out certain things, I can tailor it even more to what I want, which is kind of the whole point of this game, right? You're trying to tailor your universe and discover and do things. So you should try and instead of complaining that you can't be God, you should try to figure out what kind of God rather than that you would like to be. Maybe you'd like to be a... Uh, more damage centric or 
grind central, whatever. Like there's more to it than just that. So, um, I, I just want to sail around the cosmos and forget anybody else is even out there. So I don't really want to worry about, um, having the greatest exosuit in the history of exosuits. But yeah, this was uh, unexpected, and it was nice to know that even today, um, Hello Games can can slip up, even if it's a minor, minor thing in the grand scheme of things of this game. So, all right, that's it for the news. And after the break, I want to ask the question, um, why is Fallout 4 still as magnetic now as it was when it came out uh, in 2015? Fallout 4 is one of the most critically acclaimed games in the last 10 years, and uh, Fallout 4 came out roughly seven years ago in November of 2015. It was immediately a financial and critical success. It's not the best Fallout game of all time, but easily one of the most fun. Uh, it is set 10 years, for those of you that don't know, after Fallout 3, and essentially in the city of Boston and the surrounding Massachusetts area, you play another sole survivor of a vault who this time was in cryogenic stasis in Vault uh, 111. The story has its fun twists and turns, and I'll be honest, it was more interesting than I expected when I initially played, Uh, but the smoothness of the gameplay and the creative aspects of this game made it a fan favorite overnight. Okay, Using the engine from Skyrim, their previous greatest game of all time, Bethesda knocked it out of the park with Fallout 4. Uh, Skyrim is you know, in my top five games of all time and being able to step out of that world and right into the Fallout universe was such a fun transition. Uh, I love New Vegas and Fallout 3 as much as any other, but it was still nice to basically move from one game to the next and the controls didn't really feel uh, unnatural. They felt very natural, felt very smooth, even though the these two games couldn't be further apart from each other. Uh, The mod community didn't disappoint either, keeping this game fresh for players even now, seven years later. Uh, The DLC extended the life of this game, providing fresh story and fun additions that let players go nuts. Uh, Even now, Fallout 4 being seven years old has not stopped it from averaging nearly a thousand viewers a day on Twitch. Gone are the days in the five figures from five years ago, but they're still a very devoted fan base uh, for this game on streaming to this day around 100 channels on twitch with anywhere from 500 to a thousand viewers pretty well spread out among the channels uh the fact that new content is still being uploaded to this day is a testament to this franchise and the title itself um, fallout 4 is a phenomenal game and reason i wanted to talk about it was simply that that right there that that part i just got done with when I was looking up the figures on uh, other titles and who's watching this and, and kind of like the numbers, for example, when, with Cyberpunk, where Cyberpunk had their big expansion and suddenly had all their player count increase thanks to the anime. Or uh, <clears throat> the other day with, with Total War Warhammer, where I said that like nobody watches this and almost no one streams it online on Twitch. I was trying to come up and find you know games to compare it to in terms of, of viewership and I kept laughing at the idea that Fallout 4 you know a game that everyone that has played has found every little nook cranny and secret anything and done crazy mods and done all these other things and yet 
it still has a, a devoted, completely and totally devoted fan base that is still watching people produce content on these on on their channels uh, to the tune of five hundred to a thousand viewers a day. Uh, that's insane, right? And and I just thought, you know, as someone that put, has put hundreds and hundreds of hours into this game, um, you know, why is that? And of course, this meant I had to re-download it and boot it up and, and get it running again. And uh, replaying the game recently has been refreshing and also, a, uh, you know, a little revealing to its age, right? Uh, seven years is not a long time ago. In the grand scheme of time, seven years is nothing. But in terms of tech, it might as well be 100 years ago, right? Um, seven years ago, AirPods didn't exist um, at all, completely. The idea of Bluetooth headphones were were a thing, and you know you could get some really expensive ones. But AirPods, uh, the, uh, the 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 basically the new advancement, didn't exist. IG and Snapchat were barely five years old, and um, 1080p was still the gold standard because 4K television was barely three years old. Now notice I said 4K television, not 4K monitors, and they were still expensive as hell. Uh, now you can go to Walmart and get a 4K TV um, for hundreds of dollars as opposed to back then where you were going. It was going to cost you a few grand to get a 4K eligible ultra HD television. Well, now, you know, my computer monitor that I'm looking at right now is 4K if I set it up for it. Um, the game itself from, you know, playing recently is still gorgeous. And I'm not using the Ultra Graphics upgrade mod at all or the, or the Ultra Graphics uh, DLC, um, even at its most native levels uh, with it just on ultra or high, you know, level of, of quality. The game is still beautiful to look at. Uh, there's a reason why there are millions and millions and millions of screenshots of this game um, that you can find online. Uh, combat from when I was playing is, is still super responsive. It, it feels like nothing's changed. Vats are real time. Uh, I always think this is the time I'm going to build a, a melee build, but I always end up being an infiltrator, so why lie to myself? Um, just basically being a ninja of death. Uh, but and within seconds of entering into the main campaign and getting it started post escape from the vault, you're immediately immersed in this world, which is nice. It is beautiful. It's alive. It's fun. Um, one of the things that that you know, talking about how it's it does it has aged. It ha there are issues there. Is that um, you know I'm used to playing everything at you know hundred and something, two hundred plus FPS and having no issues with the massive frame rates. Well. Um, when playing this game recently, and I don't know if there is a fix for this or, or something of that nature, but I, if there is, I, I probably just don't even want to go through the, the effort to do that. But, um, I have to cap my frame rate at 60 FPS. Okay. There is, um, uh, basically anytime you go to a computer or a, uh, kiosk or something like there, where you're going to log in and do it, there's this animation, right? Where the character, it, it basically, like you're on a roller coaster, or a, 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 um, not a roller coaster, basically a, a rail ride where it's it's going in a certain way. Well, the camera locks and you kind of shift and shuffle into position to access the monitors as the computer monitor that you're on is now going to take up the majority of your screen so you can get to work. And the problem was when I was running this at 150 or 180 plus frames, I couldn't do it. Um... 
I was at this stage, this mission, and I couldn't finish the mission because it required me to log into a computer and um, activate some key or some password or something. But and it's a super easy thing. Like you just you just log in, hit a button. The problem was I couldn't actually log in. I didn't know what it was. And this is where the game, you know, you start seeing the frustration of showing its age. Um, this is when this game was coming out, 60 frames per second. Having a game run it at 1080p, 60 FPS was uh, amazing, you know, right? And, and and that's awesome. But the thing is, is that, you know, now your people are playing at 150, 200, 200 plus FPS. So the game wasn't uh, set up for that. And so the reason I couldn't access the computer, and I eventually found this out online, thank you Reddit, was that, you have to cap the FPS or the animation won't proctor. It, it just won't run as, as smooth as it's supposed to be. Nobody knows why, but there seems to be an issue in that regard. And so capping a game at, at 60 FPS, even one as gorgeous as this, when you're used to playing at 145 on average or more, is is disconcerting. So that's that's one way that's still showing its age, but but it's not so it's not detrimental, right? Um it is, it is something that it was an easy fix. You just cap it and go. It, it didn't prevent me from continuing the game. Uh, you know, jumping into the world and and experiencing everything again, I, I can totally see why people are still creating content because you everywhere you look, you can go. And the world is massive. The universe is great. And it feels like home. Nothing feels unnatural about playing it. Nothing feels... Like it's staticky or, or or rough, or it's it still needs to be smoothed in certain areas. No, it's it's a blast. It is it is the most fun and, and I mean I say that all the time about about games. I don't know why, but it it feels like I never stopped playing, even though I haven't played Fallout Four in over a year. Um, it's just been sitting undownloaded um, in my Steam library, just kind of gathering dust and. I, it, it just some rap, random happenstance caused me to realize maybe I'd like to see if anything's changed. And, and you know, we, we've been getting hit with the 25 years, 20 years or 25 years of Fallout um, celebration that they're having. And so why not? Let's open it. Let's open the world back up. Uh, the biggest thing that's, 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 you know, for me is, is I've kind of reached that point with mods that, that there are certain things I don't want to deal with anymore, whether it's this game or even Skyrim. And there are certain mods that I kind of want to just take care of this stuff for me. So I, I play with one mod that that provides me with um, a uh, basically all my junk, all of my junk in my inventory is weightless, which is huge because I I don't want to constantly have to fast travel to break stuff down and and set it over somewhere. The constantly having to go back to store junk is annoying. So having you know weightless junk was is a no brainer. Uh, there's another wonderful mod that, that basically creates a version of a Mr. Handy. So instead of a, a compatriot, you can actually build it when you construct stuff at every single site. So every every location that is a little colony for you that you have throughout the game, um, you can get essentially a Mr. Tidy, you know, T-I-D-Y. And what's great about this guy is that when you have those incursions, when you have those, those events or those missions where you got to go defend your settlements, Right. Um, you know, all those bodies get left there. They don't disappear. They don't leave. And a lot of the times you had to physically carry out bodies or carry things out. 
But if you play a, a character like me, where you're playing Infiltrator build, you're not the strongest one, so Super Mutant's corpses just start littering places. Well, the Mr. Tidy cleans it all up. You basically build it there, just like you would construct anything else, and um, he wants the little charm, or once the little chime says he's starting his work, basically the, the Mr. Tidy goes working around your, your settlements like a Roomba and getting rid of bodies and getting rid of uh, debris and other crap so that it's not there creating a problem and affecting your uh, beautiful settlements. Um, you know, the, I don't want to play this game with, with um, crazy mods or things that might jack up the game. I still want to have a pretty normal experience, but there are just certain things I don't want to deal with anymore and cleaning up my own settlements and getting rid of corpses. And then, uh, uh, also having junk that weighed something in my inventory is something I don't want to deal with anymore. Uh, but this game allows me to mod it and to not deal with it anymore. That's awesome. Um, creating and crafting is fun again. Um, the, the way you can basically build so many different physics-defying buildings and create these weird, janky, amazing settlements and, and utilize both the... Um, the uh, the buildings that are already existing as well as creating your own is so much fun. It's, it's a blast every time I do it, every time I, I do this stuff, it's so much fun. And being able to uh, take designs or see designs online and try to recreate them or expand them or perfect them is still great. There's a, a, the biggest thing I think that drives the, the Twitch experience and the still online creation experience is this part, the crafting and creating and building your settlements out and how crazy can you make them? Can you actually make it look like a, an amazing palace or a castle or any of these other things? And, and it, it's still so much fun to do and so um, useful for the creative types that don't want the same boring, bland box buildings for everything. Uh, so that's awesome. That's it. There's still some uh, great life to this game for content creation and for players. Just simply that you don't even have to go to the end game. You know the the boring ending of the of the game. Instead, you can simply uh, build and craft your heart's desire, which is uh, another wonderful thing uh, for those of you that, that have never played a uh, Bethesda game like this, like with Fallout Four or with Skyrim. There are wonderful command keys where you can pretty much get all the supplies and all the stuff that you need, and that's another thing I don't deal with. And I'm I'm so happy um, as I as I revisit this game, knowing that I don't have to go collect all this crap just to get this 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 settlement to function, or the the ammo I might need, or any of these other things, right? And um, those command keys allowing me to get as much wood or metal or whatever else the ammo is great. I, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm cheapening the game. I just, there are certain things I don't want to deal with anymore. I want to have fun when I play this and, uh, I totally get why this game, you know, still has this massive viewership. Like 500 to a thousand doesn't seem like much when you're comparing it to an apex or you're comparing it to a Fortnite or a uh, Valorant. I get that part of things. But this is a, a game that is single-player heavy, that is a story that everyone knows. If you have played video games before, you know how this game starts and ends because they're all so dang similar um, in every game in this franchise. And yet, there are people watching and enjoying and loving this content now just as much as they did 
back then. And a thousand people isn't insignificant. It is a large section of people watching something that they are never going to be seeing or watching the story. They're going to be watching a person be as creative and as fun and as sneaky with doing things as humanly possible. And that's a blast. And I, I, I've re-downloading the game has kind of reignited my love for this franchise. Um, I, a part of me, it starts drawing me wanting to play Fallout 76 and, and all the fun things that are there. But um, until then, I'm, I'm going to be focusing on on this title. And, and, and again, this draws me back towards those nostalgia things. I'm, I'm starting to become a, an old man in that regard, too. I, I want to stay in my comfort zone all the time. I don't want to play new things. I want to stay in my comfort zone and uh, do this and play something that I've played for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I'm even even refusing to try to play it, at least play it in a new way. No, I still want to play it in my way. And so, you know, the the beauty of Fallout 4 and games like it, like Skyrim, which also has a massive viewer base, even though that's an ancient game, um, are, it's just, it's it's so refreshing and it's so wonderful that you can still have something that that is that that wasn't that hasn't been new for years, and yet, no matter what, thanks to a, a strong community and a devoted uh, development team and company there, you can still have as much fun now as you could have seven years ago when this game first came out and uh, took the world by storm. And I've I've fallen in love with the Fallout franchise again. I've fallen in love with with the world and the universe. And it's so refreshing that you can play games that you used to love, re-download it, put it in again, and as soon as you step foot into that game, uh, taking your first steps out of the cryogenic chamber, even though I could make my way out of the vault with my eyes closed, knowing which turns and how many steps and where I needed to go, um, it still felt great. It still felt like the first time. It still felt like um, everything that I felt when I first played it all those years ago. So um, I, I everything that I saw and everything that piqued my interest make all this. It, it made all the sense in the world once I booted the game up again, because I immediately had to force myself to stop and go to sleep, as opposed rather than stay up all night playing and being uh, waking up exhausted for work the next day. So, um, like I said, everything about what I've seen now makes all the sense in the world. And if, for those of you that are fans of this franchise and you are listening to this podcast, jump back in. It's calling to you. It's so much fun. you got to do it. And if you've never played a Fallout game before, I can't recommend enough starting here before going to Fallout 3 or New Vegas. This game will really get you kind of into it. It's It's got a much less steep learning curve, and it's a lot easier for new players to get into it with this one and then go jump into Fallout 3 and New Vegas because uh, Fallout 3 Game of the Year Edition is free on the Epic Game Store right now. But I would play this before I jumped into that. If you're already an experienced player, go for the Fallout 3. Um, but Fallout 4 is everything that you could want as a both experienced or new player. And if uh, you get the chance, you should absolutely try and, and uh, get this game, get all the DLC, and enjoy this universe. It is a blast, and you will you'll be the happiest kid, happiest uh, person in the world playing it. And there's uh, a devoted fan base ready to help you and get you through anything. 
And as you can clearly see, there's still a devoted fan base watching this show every day or, or the show this, watching this game every day and the shows that those players put on for them. So uh, jump on it. It's still great. It feels like home, even though I haven't played in a year. It's like I never stopped playing. And that's a blast. That's a great thing to have for any video game franchise. And the people at Bethesda should be incredibly pleased beyond belief, more so than even their sales numbers, that this game inspires so much out of video game players all these years later. Okay? All right. That brings this show to a close. And I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you continue to join me every week and be sure to like and subscribe or whatever it is that you do when you find us or don't. I'm not your parents. I'm just a dad in his PC. 